2: Wise Men Say Sun FM Preview Show With Stradstone Jaguar Land Rover Houghton Lispring. Visit their temporary sales home at Doxford International Business Park
3: Welcome along to the Wise Men Say Preview Show with Sun FM We are here to talk about the upcoming game where Sunderland travelled to West London to face Brentford You're going down Gareth as well aren't you? I am,
4: being allowed out So I'm going Staying, Staying, that, over. That, Staying, over. Staying, Staying over, over. The ma- with a Amara. Two nights, I've got two nights in London. Look forward to finished work the day. Week off after this as will
3: well. You be, will you be um, visiting the posh establishments in west of London? I know it's it's quite upmarket is down really? there, isn't it?
4: He, he is in, it really? Don't make in, it in, like he, you don't know that west London's rich, upmarket. It's, is it really, it's not really west London, is it? It's like Brentford's sort of out, west London, yeah. outskirts of London, though, is it? It's not really London, it's kind of... Well, Brentford. It's yeah, west London, isn't eh? it? Ish like near Richmond in that, isn't it Richmond the, on terms uh, so I would say that it's kind of on the outside the anyway Nordi- it doesn't matter the Nordies
3: really. no. alternative indie band Hard support Brentford
4: oh do they really
3: they do yes he always wanted to play Griffin Park the lead singer he used to always say and I don't think I don't think the council let it happen for him
4: <laughs> <They're not laughs> might have done us all a favour all uh, the West they London were alright
3: actually the first album was alright I thought Hard Fire you, you might be unsurprised to hear <laughs> that's the sort of opinion I have yeah,
4: on that yeah i actually am unsurprised to hear that second album
3: was rubbish though so there you go
4: there you go it always is isn't it but this is a thrilling start of the show for all this it's is not I'm sure always
3: there's some great second albums if you want to tweet in examples of second albums that were yeah. better than first yeah, you ones you tweet them in we won't read them I'm up. sure there'll be an example of that we will be referring to our Twitter feed though to have a look at a poll we've been running about Simon Grace and
4: um I hope his second album at Sunderland's better yeah. <laughs> than his, the first one up to now because it's it's been a bit of a damp squib up to now
3: Just a little bit, is it too early really to, to start talking about second Simon Grayson? We're going to get into that in a little bit We're going to hear from him as well, so shall, shall we do that now uh, firstly and we'll hear from Simon Grayson we... <clears throat> I, I don't want to see he's getting excuses in, but he was asked about injuries wasn't he?
0: That's, it's a myth I think if you ask any of our players who have been injured or injured at this moment in time, they're going not to be available for selection to help us get out of the position they're at this moment in time. I'm sure there's players in the past that have thrown an injury in uh, football clubs and, and got away with it. I think this group of players care more about this football club than people actually uh, Will will care to sort of choose to be fair that uh, they're gutted that they're not available. People like Johnny Williams not trained this week. He's been like gutted that he wants to be part and parcel of the group. And other lads uh, grabbing and what more etc. Over the last few weeks and months are, are not available as well. So no, I think I think regarding this group that is that is a bit of a myth.
3: Well, we keep hearing that this group of players are given a hundred percent and trying and putting everything into the cause. So we. Did well, ask the question earlier in the week if he's making a rod for his own back there because he doesn't have that excuse to fall back on now and, and, and say that there's some sort of deep rooted problem or that it's the it's the players for whatever reason because he's saying they're giving hundred percent so that if Sun if Sunderland now continue not to win games you look at the manager and you look at the way the play, these players are being coached. Well, because yeah. if the motivation's there, then they're failing elsewhere.
4: The the energies are clearly being misplaced if based on results, if if that's the case and I mean that's a good thing in a way that, you know, he's taking the pressure off the players in that respect, isn't he? He's saying that they aren't there, they aren't the root cause of the the problem when it comes to the results. I mean he he keeps on saying that we've been getting better and closer to what they want to achieve. I'd actually argue they've got worse. They look since he's he sort of went to that three at the back after we start. I mean four four two is not my favourite formation, but we we looked a little bit more organised and we had certain players who were starting the game, getting in people's faces you know, we're, we're taking the game of teams even in the Leeds games, first 20 minutes were at them yeah. and we hit the bar through grabbing and then it kind of went downhill after that and we couldn't get back into the game same with Derby fortunately we got back into that one um, same with Sheffield Wednesday where we took the lead early on um, so recently I would argue I mean a couple of draws, I mean a draw pressing's a decent result. QBR, yep. the draw at home the QBR's a bad result. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, I know he said that, he thought we were getting better, but I would disagree. I don't think we are getting better and I think if you get to the end of the month, as we said on Monday, if you get to the end of the month when you haven't. Yeah, if you haven't won if you haven't won another game, you're in you're in bother. Like you can't get away from that. No people talk about stability or whatever. If you get into fifteen games into the season and you've only won once I don't think that's... I think any any club will be looking at trying to make a change because how do you arrest that? You know, you, you you really are in a relegation battle, especially with the teams that we've got coming up to play.
3: And we're going to be speaking to a Brentford fan quite shortly, as well as David Priest, who I might as well there. Uh, let our listeners know yeah. we're going to speak to him later on, particularly about the goalkeeping situation, you know, which is an interesting one. Specifically about the
4: goalkeeping situation. He should be able to have, uh, some really good insight on that because I think we all talk about you know, goalkeepers in a certain way, you know, it's not often you hear sort of from pundits on goalkeepers as individuals. You know, it's easy for uh, people to talk about outfield players, but you know, it's a different set of rules for a goalkeeper. And I know we've talked on the show about technique and especially Jason Steele and things like that. So it'd be interesting to hear him from those on those points.
3: Absolutely, and Brentford as well. Again, we'll come on to with our guest Billy. Haven't been winning at home. Oh, there. so So and, and, and Simon Grayson was asked about whether it was important uh, in particular this game because Brentford are so close to Sunderland in the table
0: Well it doesn't matter who we're playing we, it's about what we're focused on and getting results and points for us is going to help us get out of the the position that we're in. It's not a comfortable position that we want to find ourselves in at this stage of the season, but we've got to get uh, back to winning ways quickly, accumulate points to get us out of this division, and whether it means catching Brentford or other teams above us, so be it, we need to win matches.
3: bit of a vicious circle in a way for, for Grace in this, because we have been semi-decent on the road this season in the league haven't we it's mid-table form on the road isn't it Yeah. which which is kind of what you would accept if you thought we'd been winning most of our home games we'd probably be hovering around the playoffs or something but while people are rightly saying that Sunderland win, the, win a home game more important than any other thing to win a home game if we go to Brentford and get another bad result down there on the road this season because we have had a couple of Barnsley and Norwich obviously up uh, Norwich um, who's the other team who wear yellow no Ipswich wear blue what am I Ipswich, talking about yeah so we got, yeah, yeah. so got stuff in, in yeah. those two games but if we go there and get a bad result then it's putting more pressure onto the next home game which let's be honest with Bolton on the horizon he can't afford anything other, other than a win
4: well the Bristol City game will be a tough game because they've had they've been in really good form um, although we've seen teams in good form come to the stadium and look quite poor um, and go away with results. Look at you know Cardiff, for example. Um, you know, I, I would say that we more than match Cardiff, but we we go home with nothing. Um, and and it's it's um, like you say that you know looking at Brentford. I mean, we were talking before we came on. We haven't got the audio. It must have been in the written press that the suggestion was made. You know, can you play? Is it are you, are you contemplating bringing McManaman in alongside McGeady and, and maybe what more? I'd assume he'd be the other one off the forward, and he's kind of saying, "Oh, we might look at more stability this week." Well, with respect to Brentford, it's it's Brentford. playing Brentford. Yeah, you, you know, we're not playing, you know, one of the teams at the top I, and, and of the league. And you're I'm, not all, even and I'm the, all for yeah. realism,
3: but come yeah. on, there's a time we keep saying, don't we, that with Sunderland even to finish fourth this season, it would be the worst finish we've had in 22 years. So, it's not too arrogant to suggest that you can go to Brentford aside, who haven't won in the last five or six at home, remember, and just take the game to them. I mean, Simon Grayson was, was talking in his press conference there and saying that Brentford are a possession based team and they, they played Derby and they had 70% possession. Um, I don't know if he was almost letting us, letting us all know what we're in for on Saturday because he was saying Brentford are going to dominate the ball in every game, which is fine. We remember that we went to Norwich and got a win with Norwich doing that so it can be done but on the other hand that doesn't mean you have to go all defensive and sometimes beat them at their own Mm. game is is that not a if they were flying and turning teams over every week then yes you would say ok let's not be so arrogant to suggest we can't we can't look to play on the counter attack and go defensive but match their attack by getting on the front foot yourselves that's it it?
4: If if you're we're talking about Brentford like you know we're playing you know, top like a, a top Premier League team and we can't we can't have that mentality you know, we're talking about what they're gonna do and you're not talking about what we can do to them. You know, if you're in that Brentford dressing room you're full back and you're thinking, well oh great, they might not play you know, the 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 threats that we would identify in a Sunderland team because they're scared that we might have too much of the ball. You know you you, you can't you can't approach games like think you know you've got to set up to to counter a threat from another side, but surely you've got you've got to have a little bit of you know aggression about you and a bit a bit more self confidence rather than spending time talking about you know what a great job you know Dean Smith's done it with these players and the kind of football that they play playing. They play nice football and all this. I'm not bothered. I don't I don't care about the nice football that Brentford play or, or whatever It's, You know, the the bottom line is what well, they are 18th in the championship. You know, I bet you a load of our players would probably get into their team. You know, we should be going there and, you know, with a bit of
3: swagger. Yeah,
4: they should they should though cuz we you know, we've said this time and time again this team isn't a one winning 12 team in this in this league. Absolutely not. So why were why are we acting as though we are a you know a poor team like we should be going there going right you know we're more than capable of winning this game here it's just a mentality thing and I think we've got a mentality problem a mentality problem with playing at home a mentality problem with self belief you know talking about players getting on the ball uh, and in you know Johnny Williams came on and did that um, at the weekend but suggestions he might not be available now you know what, what you know we're what are we trying to? What are we trying to achieve in games? You know, where's the self belief, and that's a great worry for me because if you've got no self belief and, you, and you're worrying about the other teams, and and you're not winning games, where does the confidence come from? Where 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 is the confidence coming from?
3: Mm, it's just uh, yeah, I, I was a bit surprised to hear him big Brentford up in the in the way that he has there, and we're going to speak to Billy just now to find out. Why they haven't won uh, five and six? We did go on uh, onto Twitter to ask people if we thought the nineteenth of October uh, would we uh, at the beginning of the season. I wouldn't have thought the nineteenth of October I would be debating whether Sunderland should be sticking with their manager, um, and that's not because I strive for stability. I just I just didn't think we would be in the position that we're in now, especially when we won our second game at Norwich and we had four points from our first two games. But we did ask. Uh, our Twitter followers whether, and this, this is assuming the club could even afford to sack the manager which is another debate altogether um, should Sunderland really be looking at changing managers at this stage of the season the three options I gave our followers were yes, immediately no, like leave him alone so that was unconditional support for Grayson And then the third option, because I thought it's not quite as black and white as that, is it? And the third option was, if we don't win before Bolton, yes. Because obviously that's going to be some game between the bottom two clubs, especially if if we haven't picked up a win before then. Uh, The unconditional support for Grayson came last and fell away. You might be unsurprised to hear. Uh, That was 16% of the votes. The other two were quite close. So yes, immediately got 41%. And if we don't win before Bolton got forty three percent, so I think fans are open <clears throat> to the idea, certainly, aren't they?
4: Well, you know, we've seen. I think there's a you know there's a section of support who probably rationalises the, the relegation by saying, well, we should win more games in the, in the championship, which hasn't happened. Um, so they you know those those expectations that have have been you know quashed and. You know, people talk about Sunderland being a club who sack managers or whatever, but the reason is because the results are rubbish and, you know, I don't... I don't people, we've had this conversation many times about rotten cores and, you know, people suggesting that people need to be given time regardless because there's a lot of sort out, but you've got to have some semblance of something to cling on to. And again, we've said it before about we're having the same conversations now about Simon Grayson as we do about David Moyes, and it's almost like, a, you know, it's a double bluff. You, you know, you, you, you go, well, we can't possibly sack a manager because you just can't, and I think that's what we did with David Moyes. Well, we can't sack another manager; that'd be ridiculous. And then he just went at the end of the season after doing a horrific job.
3: Well, everybody pinpointed our problems onto the fact we were going through so many managers, and it's almost got the point where we're like listening to that now and yeah. believing everybody. But there is irony in the fact, isn't it, that the only time we, we did stick with him, we went down, and it looks like it could be similar now. Shall should we, should we read some of the comments of the people who commented yeah. on that, poll? A bit of a mixed bag, to be honest, here at SCFC. We'd be left in the same situation um, that we were before hiring him, only now we're even less attractive as a job opportunity. Jem Kosowski, Jeff Kozowski, sorry, said... Not unless it's Big Sam, that's not going to happen as much as we would love it to. Uh, Alexandra said, honestly, don't know. Which is possibly where a lot of Sunderland fans are at the moment. John, SCFC 54, his tactics breeds negativity through the team. No confidence needs to go. Bob Fairley, sack him like Leicester have done. No nerves, just do it. The job is too big for him, he's been around for years... And Stu Tench, question is, will Grayson still be around past Bolton? Lots depend on the next three games. And Funky Bry, we need to learn we, we'd be replacing rubbish with rubbish. Uh, his language is more colourful than that. Short, short, won't fund a good manager, starting again with another. Rubbish manager is not a fix. It's a very mixed bag there.
4: Yeah... And see where people are coming from. Saying, "Well, who would you get? Who would you get?" But again, it's it goes back to decisions made in the summer where we've obviously pursue we're pursuing the takeover, and Grayson was seen as if that doesn't happen, he'll be the safe pair of hands to you know to to take us through. Um, but it hasn't worked out that way. All of the positive things that we talked about that like Grayson was going to bring to the table haven't materialised yet. Someone who knows the division well. We're being outclassed by, well, not outclassed, but we're being outthought, I would say, by, you know, and, and, and out technically thought by Everybody. inferior <laughs> t- inferior players, I would say. Norwich is the team, only game where you went and you thought, right, we've got that
3: right, we've got the tactics spot yeah. on and we've done a job on them. Right, we're going to talk to old Brentford fan when we come back.
2: Wise Men Say, Sun FM preview show. With Stradstone Jaguar Land Rover, Houghton Lisping. Visit their temporary sales home at Doxford International Business Park.
3: Here okay, we are joined by Billy Grant now. Billy, I'm going to let you plug all your stuff.
1: <laughs> Hi, mate, how are you doing?
3: Very well, thank you. Very well. Plug your stuff so our listeners can go and check it out before we have a little bit of a chat with you.
1: That's right. Well, I I'm write I'm, I'm, I'm for Besotted, which is the Brentford blog, com. and if you check it out, we've got articles on there. We've got a couple of articles on there already, a couple of Sunderland articles that have gone down very well, and we've also done a podcast. We do a podcast every Wednesday, like you guys, but we do it in the pub. <laughs> we go in the pub, we find a pub, um, we go all around West London, sometimes we go Central London. And we always do it in the pub, but it's really funny. We turn up in the pub and they say, do you want us to turn the noise down? Do you, do you want to find a quiet corner? We go, no, no. We want the noise, we want the clinking, we want loads of beer. We normally get there about sort of 6 o'clock in the evening. We leave about 11.30 and I have to go home and edit it at like 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so if you find all the mistakes, it's kind of always in there. But check it out on besotter.com as well. So We've got um, Sobsy from, uh, um, you know, Sobsy from uh, yeah, me, I uh, Love spring so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was chatting on there as well, which is all good. And uh, yeah, and then also, like I said to you, Sunderland fans coming down. If you check on of dot com, on the articles on there, there's an article about the game. And uh, there's loads of pubs because Brentford's got loads of pubs. They're brilliant.
5: Yeah, we've you know, heard. We've heard.
1: Open. Wear your colours. There's no problems. No bouncers. Come down there, have a laugh. Really friendly. Four pubs on the corner, but loads of pubs everywhere else. Down by the river, in the middle of town. Real old pubs, other sorts of pubs. Go down there. The articles on there, I said so to you, we drink in the Globe, there's a Globe, there's a Nelson, there's a Plough, there's loads of pubs, and there's a Griffin on the corner, which is about 30 seconds' walk from the Sunderland turnstile. So a lot of Sunderland fans like that one. Gets a bit busy, that one. So mm-hmm. if you're in the know, you sort of pull away a little bit. So ours is yeah. about 10 minutes' walk from there. So, which is all good, and hopefully we'll see
4: you guys down there for a drink on Saturday. Good stuff. Um, I like the sound of this trip to Brentford already. I like the I mean, sound of doing of the, the, of
3: I like doing the, the sound of doing the podcast in the pub. We'd be lying if we said it's something we haven't discussed before because we'll yeah, we have. It's do just do the that, logistics really. and yeah. effort of making that work as, yeah. as great as it sounds. And the
4: danger of, of it turning into something yes. terrible. I mean, when we've done the live, yeah, shows, I mean, if we could, if we could find well. somebody yeah. to
3: come and help us and do all that for us for free. Like yeah, the, the, produ- the production yeah. of it and, yeah. and all that stuff And, and, and also if you want to maybe pay for our drinks if that, sound, work, if that yeah. sounds like it works for you Then yeah, get in touch us. Yeah, tweet, tweet us, us. Yeah, Or give experience. us a call Send us an email <laughs> Right, how many yeah. games is it since Brentford have won at home, Billy? Ooh, well, how six, many games have we won seven?
5: at home?
1: Six or seven, is that right? No, no, how many games since we've won at home? Yeah One Because we won against Millwall on Saturday
4: Oh, oh. there you go there's your stat yeah, there you oh, oh,
1: however before that we hadn't won at home for six months oh. we hadn't won at home before I think it was April last year so it was really weird because it was the first victory we had it was against Millwall on Saturday Millwall came down obviously a London derby um, Millwall came down I don't know if you've played Millwalls yet no. but um, they came up from last season and they gave us a tough game uh, to be fair, it was really hard. They fought for 90 minutes. They're really tenacious. They're at you. They're throwing themselves on the floor. They're throwing you down. They're about all their players are about nine foot ten, like you know, absolutely massive players, looping the bottom, you know the ball into the air and uh, and and heading us. And they they gave us a bit of a game to be quite honest with you, which is a bit of a weird one for us because, and I'm not sort of saying this with rose-tinted, oh my God, we're so good, but we um, since our owners come in. He's always instilled this type of football. He wants Brentford to play a particular type of football and he won't let let us play any other type of football. And to be honest, sometimes we may be suffering from it. So we won't lump the ball up, we won't hook the ball up high, we won't buy players like that. We'll always want to play football. That's what we want to play. Ball on the deck, passing the ball around. So every single game this season, we've been playing wicked, wicked football. But we just haven't been getting the results. So either we've been unlucky, we've hit the post, let the post come off, people have equalised in the last minute, in the 97th minute, you know, um, we've had players in front of the goal who should have scored, but in the end they just put it where they should have done. But we've been so, so unlucky. So if you look at the stats, before last Saturday we'd only won one game. And if everyone thinks, oh, Brentford are terrible. But if you ask any Brentford fan, they go, we're not worried because we're playing brilliant. We're playing absolutely brilliant. And if you listen on, I said, besotted.com, um if you click on the podcast, if you check out our, our post match podcasts, we always speak to away fans straight or, or opposition fans straight after the game. So straight after the game we go out there, microphones, speak to them for half an hour, home fans away fans, and every single away fan goes, Oh my god, we got away with murder there, you slaughtered us, borough fans, you slaughtered us, Villa fans, you slaughtered us, Derby fans, you slaughtered us but we've just struggled to either score or you know, or we've been really unlucky and you know the scenario when you've been going to football for years. You you know the game. You've been going for years and years and years. You think, tell you something, we're good. This is all right. And you, you, you know, real football fans know it. Sometimes you know, tell you something, we got a good result there, but we were a bit lucky. We're really terrible now, but we're a bit lucky. But it's on the flip side of it, you really know. And Brentford fans are at the moment they're like comfortable in the way that we're playing, but frustrated because we're not getting the results. And I wrote for uh, another article for one of the the, the Sunderland blogs the other day and I said somebody's going to get a Tonkin soon. I don't know who it's going to be. It might be Burton in a month's time or it might be somebody next year. But somebody, when it clicks, these new players that we've got, we've got some new players coming in, some of them from Division 2, some from France, they're still learning the game. But eventually, it might take them a month, it might take them six months, it might take them eight months. But when they click, because we're playing such great football, someone is going to get a bashing. I mean, Derby, I know stats mean nothing. People say, but Derby came down, they were the worst team I've seen. 85% possession at one stage we had. The Derby fans were laughing, saying, We wish we bought binoculars, we couldn't even see the ball, because the ball was constantly in the other half, like, you know, attacking the goal. So it's, it's a real frustration for us because it's almost boring. As every week we come away going, We go, you played all right, didn't we? But we, we lost, or we drew, or we certainly ever. But as I say, some people say, sometimes you need to match it a bit. You can't play all this finesse and this pretty football. You need to be a bit tougher. You need to know how to take players out. And I think that's what we did against Millwall on Saturday because they came at us and we, we went back at them and we, we actually out-fought them. We fought the Millwall and, and we won.
3: <laughs> I mean, you speak there about, sometimes as a football fan, you just know, don't you, where you think, right, we're going to absolutely smash someone this week and it's coming and it's coming and it's coming. I've had that feeling for seven years about Sunderland, I'll be honest, and I still I hasn't never, come. I haven't caught.
4: I've had that feeling for about five <laughs> years watching Sunderland, to be honest. Oh, God, man. <laughs> we might get a draw today. That's, a, that's <laughs> kind of as, as uh, exciting as it, it gets. It,
3: this is interesting as, as well, um, Billy, and, and I, don't mind, I don't mean this to sound patronising in any way, shape or form. Brentford are currently above Sunderland in the table. But it's interesting that you're, the perspective you're coming from is very much like we've been playing really well and not getting the results with us as fans we've obviously come down from the Premier League I don't know what you think of the the Sunderland squad on paper but we are looking at every game and we're losing most weeks and the teams we're losing to are rubbish Sunderland aren't playing well, they're playing awful and they're losing games to the point where you think if we play half decent we win the game comfortably so it's kind of the opposite of the way you're looking at it and I think that's quite fascinating
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I suppose it's the expectations, isn't it? And I mean, I know that we've come from Division 1. I'll be honest with you, I've been supporting them for 30-odd years, and we've always been rubbish. Always, always, always. We've played, I think, nine playoffs. We've lost all nine playoffs, okay? Anytime we do anything, we just fail, so, we kind of built up this, and this is why I say to you, if the Sunderland fans come down, they'll probably quite like it in Brentford because the fact is we've had no Man united or arsenal or Chelsea-ness about Brentford. We've always been in the shadow of all these big clubs. There's like 13 clubs or whatever it is in London, and we're like kind of pretty much the smallest of them, except for, well, Fulham are quite small actually, but we won't talk about them. <laughs> um, and AFC Wimbledon as well, but we're, you know we're pretty small. So, at the end of the day, we kind of have to enjoy our football in other ways. So, when you're rubbish, right? You basically have to kind of just create a day out. It's like if you go to England, I go to England a lot, and England basically they always lose. So most people that go to England games, it's all about the, the journey and having the, I mean, the laughs, and you make the most about going international travelling. And all of a sudden, oh no, there's 90 minutes of football that's actually spoiled our trip. Mm. That's kind of kind of what, what Brentford has been like for years for us. So you go, we go you know, oh, we'd be like 18th in the league or 19th in the league and we will go, right, are we all going to Preston today and then loads of us will go up to Preston and you know that you're not going up there because you want to see them win because that's almost becomes irrelevant. It's about the day out. So what you'll see around Brentford is this whole kind of culture about just enjoying themselves and the fact now that we're actually playing decent football has kind of added to it but we're not, you know, there's no airs and graces about us. We just kind of like We support, you know, we support Brentford, you know, as they call it, teams like Brentford. A lot of of big teams go, oh, you know, we should be beating teams like Brentford. Like, you know, we laugh about it, you know, so we call ourselves teams like Brentford because that's kind of what people expect us to be. And um, but the fact is that we are really surprising people because we are small, but we play decent football, you know. Um, but, But listen, it's not the be all and the end all. You know, we played your local rivals borough. Um, Not not this time, but the time beforehand, not last season, the season before, over two seasons, we played Borough six times. And we lost to Borough six times. I mean, that's quite bad. Like, six times in in two seasons we lost to them. But we had a laugh. Every time we met them Borough fans, we had a proper laugh, both down at Brentford and up in Middlesbrough. Absolutely top, top, top day out. We love going up to the North East. It's an absolutely teething tremendous, as we say, Area and Newcastle was good. Um, I haven't done Sunderland for pff, don't know since about 1988 was the last time I was Sunderland when I was my first job I think it was and I bunked off and I got the train <laughs> up there and went up to Roker Park and and you beat us so I've not been there for ages. I do go up there for Football Supporters Federation board meetings because I'm on the FSF board as well. So I go up there, pop in and out, Dave and and Kevin and all them lot. So I see them lot, have a bit of a laugh, but I've not spent any time. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. But Middlesbrough is. Baker Street and Bedford Street, absolutely brilliant, and we love the North East. I just thought, I'll I'd le- I'd just, I'd just let you know and impart that information onto you. <laughs> we'll, well, we'll, we'll, you'll we'll, have we'll, a lovely
4: we'll, old time when you come up there this season, because we'll you'll com- probably be going with three points when you go home. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll
3: create a little uh, pub route for you or something, make sure you go in the right yeah, yeah. places uh, before the game. Um, so how yeah. confident are you, are you for this one, then? Sounds like you're pretty confident. Well, I don't know if that's just your character or personality in general, to be honest.
1: I'm, I mean, if you ask me after me you now, if you ask me, you know, if we were playing Barcelona on Saturday, you know what I'm saying? You ask me, I'll be like, oh <laughs> yeah, brilliant. We're going to be fantastic. it would be great. Um, I, I, I am, I'm confident, but the main reason, like I say to you, I'm confident is because we, because of the football, the type of football that we're playing. Um, whether or not this is coming at the, the right time for us or not, because, like I said to you, we're going to piece it sometime. And at the end of the day, like I said to you, um, let's say Vibe, is our striker who last season when we sold Scott Hogan we scored 14 goals up until Christmas time and we sold him and everyone goes oh my god you're selling your top striker he scored 14 goals and then Lasse Vibay came in and bang he, he scored 14 goals in the, the last four months of the season and everyone's like oh where did he come from so he got injured at the start of the season so Malpay who we just got from France came in and he's still feeling his way around so he's, 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 he's a little terrier but he wasn't quite there now Vibay's now come back He's only played, I think, one game. So we'll see. If he's on fire, that'll, you know, that'll be good for us. And that'll be a good little boost for us. But you don't know. We've got a few injuries out at the moment now. But asking me how do I think we'll do, I just think that technically we're at home and we're playing some decent football. Sunderland haven't fired on all cylinders and you're going to be nervous. And if we start doing what we're doing, you know, hopefully you'll get nervous. But then, not being funny, you've got some decent players. Aidy McGeady, last season when he was at Preston... When we were on that run last season, we were on a brilliant run, and we went to Preston, and then we went up there, and then Adi McGee came up, and he just tore us to pieces, like you know, scored two goals. Preston, we, they beat us four-two. He scored one wicked goal, if I remember, for about thirty yards. It was great, and uh, I just thought, fair play, you know. So he's playing for you. You've also got Lewis Grabban, who ironically played for us um, the season. I think it's two thousand and ten. He played for us. Uh, we got him on loan for Millwall for a bit. Then afterwards, we brought him in for a season when Andy Scott was manager. Um, I think, oh, maybe Andy Scott got... S- yeah, no, Andy Scott was the manager. I think we sacked Andy Scott. And then we got the new manager in. And the new manager, I think it might be Nuiwe Rosler. And he wasn't sure whether Lewis Grabham was good enough. He'd only scored five goals for us. Went up to Rotherham. Scored a lot of goals at Rotherham, and then he went somewhere else, scored even more goals, and probably went to Bournemouth and scored even more goals. And he's come back, and I think <laughs> Brentford went. Ah, maybe we got that one wrong. So, um, so yeah. So you know, you've got some dangerous players who, you know, if they're if they're on the money, they could score their goals. But you've got Simon Grayson, and he's your manager, and he was at Preston last season, and. I'm a little bit unsure about Grayson. This is not a disrespect to you guys. I'm just saying to you, I'm well, sure you, that... You, I think you'd the,
4: be a member of a growing club in the north-east of England, I think, if you... <laughs> if, with that yeah, he's
1: a, he's, he's, a, he's a particular type of manager and I think he did a, a very good, sort of sturdy sort of job for Preston when he was there. I mean, I know everyone talks about when he was at Leeds, but for Preston, and it, it was all right. But even when I speak to some of the Preston fans, they're like, hmm, you know, we're not sure about that because it's a little bit... I don't know is it industrialist I don't know it's just something that's not quite right about that, but then saying that Grayson, he did us in last year when we went to Preston you know he 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 turned us over um probably maybe because of the style of football that he plays, maybe we struggle against it, so maybe I don't know if he gets you to play in a particular way because he knows that, say the Brentford way maybe maybe you might have a chance I don't know I mean maybe so. But no, but in the, in the long term for Sunderland, I don't know whether or not he's the right, you know, right person for you, um, as opposed to, and I don't, again, I don't want to sort of draw over parallels, but I, I need to, because when, when Newcastle came down last season, I must admit, a lot of people are going, oh, look, Newcastle, oh, they're falling apart, look at them, oh, they got relegated from the Prem, but Rafa stayed with them, and he sorted them out. He, he sort of cleaned them up from the bottom to the top, and he kind of had this whole, you know, he, he just sorted them out. They're 50, in a mess. He had 50, and then 60 million
4: them. quid to spend as well, so which helped.
1: Yeah, he did. I mean, he did as well. I mean, he had a lot of money to spend. But the fact is, obviously we've seen teams come down and spend a lot of money and they don't spend it right. And that's the thing. And that's the thing about this division. If you're not careful, teams come down and think, you could spend your way out of this division. But that's not the way it works. Because you're going to go to Birmingham City and they're going to kick you up, right? You're going to go to Millwall and they're going to kick you up. Or you're going to go to Brentford and they'll pass you around the park. And the players, begin and on a second, I'm on 40... I'm on 50 grand a week, right? I don't need this, you know what I'm saying? And you've got some player who's on four grand a week and wants to prove himself against it. So all of a sudden, you've got you've got different factors that they can't put into, into play. So there's a lot of big man management needed to try and get players to actually motivate them who are on half-decent wages coming down to this division and going down to Burton on a Tuesday night and competing against their players who their striker might be six foot seven and he's going to give you a good old clattering. You understand what I'm saying? So... It's, it's not all about the money in the, this, this division. Um, there's more money coming to play. I mean, Wolves have spent loads of money. Yes, they're at the top of the league. Yes. And they probably would just say that they've spent their money wisely. Yes. But you can name a million teams who have spent their money really, really badly in this division. Not in the Forest, spending their money really badly. I don't know. Leeds United, you can argue be spending their money really badly. So there's loads of teams. Derby County... I mean, they'd be floundering around. Derby meant to be one of the top teams in this division. They'd be floundering around saying, oh, playoffs, yeah, oh no, we fluffed it again. Sheffield Wednesday, again, they've got, you know, they have got 50p, they've got decent money out there as well. So, what I'm saying is not necessarily all about the money, it's about what you do with it, how you spend it, and also just getting the right attitude and getting the camp all into order. And, um, and that's the key thing. And again, I'm not a Sunderland fan, so I'm not nearly as close to it as you, um, but for, for me, it's You've got some, you've got some half decent players there, but I think it's more about getting your camp into order, getting it into shape, getting the mentality right, and that's part of the manager's job as well, and I don't know if Brayson's the right man or the wrong man for doing that. I I don't know, I mean, you might be able to tell me
2: more than, than I know. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show, with Stradstone Jaguar Land Rover, Houghton Lisping. Visit their temporary servicing home at Doxford Drive, Peter Lee.
3: We are joined on the phone now by friend of the show, David Priest, who is a Sunderland lad, ex-professional goalkeeper, came through the books at Sunderland and played for loads of other clubs, loads of get hods of random Scandinavian clubs and everything. I'm sure our listeners know who he is by now. Uh, Forging out a, 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 a career for yourself in the media now, of course, David. We'll be honest, we're rushing through this a lot quicker than we anticipated. <laughs> what we do is we have this show, and we have three segments of 10 minutes and one of 15 minutes. Our last guest was brilliant, but he's kind of... Pushed us over a little bit, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to uh, talk about goalkeepers specifically because I'm sure every Sunderland fan knows the situation now. A lot of people have said the goalkeepers Reuter and Steele are very much of a muchness. Do you feel like Grayson's stuck with Steele now until he makes like a horrendous mistake somewhere?
5: Um. Yeah. Probably. I mean, it's it's a tough one now because it's it it's Steele obviously didn't have a great start. To Two strong career with that game at Celtic, and it's been kind of difficult to sort of close your way back from there. I think that the fact that he was he was dropped for a right there early on the season. I thought that Simon Grayson was probably thinking, well, you know, we'll take him up the firing line and just sort of let him build his confidence back up a little bit, and uh, you know, get a few weeks training and we fell out the limelight and out the firing line. But um, now he, he has to stick with him. And the thing is, I mean. I mean, I've not seen much more of the last couple of seasons and I've sported a few people that who played uh, Blackburn with him and a few Blackburn fans and, and actually you know, the general consensus is it was, he was a solid keeper for them. Um, I think that when he was dropped at, at Blackburn for uh, the Spanish lad, um, Raya, David Rea, uh, that was simply because Rea was better with his feet. He didn't last long in there and before uh, before Jason was brought back in as well. And I think he was... He, he's, he's quite liked under Paul Lambert as well um, the, the one thing that's probably came out of it is that he's, he's probably very much uh, like a, a lot of footballers not just goalkeepers he's very much a, a confident player and, 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 it, and it, there's nothing wrong with that I think it's just if, if that's the case a manager has got to know uh, to, to handle players like that and I think that's one, one thing that, that from the people I spoke to them, I that, that Lambert did very well you know if if, if if they did have a bad result, but but Jason still played well, he um, kind of made a big deal of it after the game and emphasised how well he'd done. And it kind of uh, sort of just kept his chin up and then he, he sort of paid him back with a with a few decent performances. So it's, I think that's probably what we're going to do now. I mean, the, the situation is that you can see that he's probably suffering a little bit from lack of confidence. I think the goal on Saturday. It's easy, it's easy to get pinned on your line as a keeper, you know. But I, f- just from looking at it it, 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 it was quite congested in there. It looks like QPR might have targeted them a little bit to try and uh, to try and pin in the line. But
4: well, they did that and corner. It, they did that corner four times, I think, in the game.
5: Yeah, and and and, it, and it's that's, a, it, that's the way it looks. And the fact that it does come so far, and, and it, I'm not, I'm not into all this, you know. If it's in the six yard it should be a keeper. Depends on the flight of the ball, but. I think ordinarily, if he if he'd freed himself, he would've been able to, keep it, uh, to to take. And then I think it's it's a clear sign there's a lot of confidence because starting positions have got deeper and, deeper and deeper as the as the season's gone on. And I think that's that, that's one thing that needs to be addressed. I, I, I kind of in the echo come today I was sort of saying about sometimes it's it's not just about what you do on the training pitch; it's trying. To, uh, but once you, it's the psychological part of it that a manager's got to approach you uh, out there, especially when you get into a, a run of games like that being at home when you we know, you haven't, you haven't won for, for such a long time and you've got to, you've got to try and change things uh, or try different things to change But with the goalkeeping situation. I'm, I was surprised that he, he stayed with, with Jason, to be honest with you, simply because uh, looking at it, um, that Robin Wright, I, I quite like him more Formosa in, in pre season and technically looks very good and looks more assured and gives more of a, I don't know, an air of confidence about them. But I think that's I do it. know that, that. I do know that Jason was—he was a popular lad in the Blackburn dressing room and and he was seen as reliable and a good, solid championship goalkeeper.
4: Do you not think? I mean, I don't know how much you've seen this season. Obviously, we get the opportunity to watch. <laughs> I would say opportunity—that sounds like it's a good thing. We got the opportunity to watch more Sunday games, whereas you're you're probably off covering other matches, but. So we talk about, we've we've had discussion on the show about Jason Steele um, and we'll get it around in a bit more detail because it sounds like we're just digging Jason Steele out but we talk about he just doesn't look good technically now he's that's, that's somebody who's a layman like, talking about Jason Steele looking like a poor technical goalkeeper I think what I mean by that is he does things that I've not really seen many other goalkeepers do he does unusual things that it doesn't look normal like you say about Reuter yeah he's made mistakes but some of the stuff he generally the most of the stuff he does look looks like kind of default goalkeeper work. Yeah. And then you look at some of the stuff Steele does, like sometimes shots are quite close to him and he's kinda of like dives and pours them away almost But he's chest right out in front and... right in front. They're almost right in front of him and he's kind of diving forward and pulling pouring the ball out and I think he did that against Celtic for one of the goals he's he's done at the weekend is even when he's pushing the ball away from goal, it feels as though sometimes he could have cut could catch balls that like he's pushing away that I know that Grayson said that the Connor Washington shot the weekend which he said I would swerved loads last minute and he had to push it away but the, the stadium and tell you when he made that save at the end there was a massive collective 20,000 people almost in use and go what on earth was that and it, I've Wait, never, it was just bizarre you,
3: you do see
5: this with so and I know, speak a lot with the Anfield rap lads at Liverpool. And I, you know, we we spoke about a lot about Simon Mignolet, and it's the kind of thing that used to happen to Simon. Not maybe not so much lately, but you know, when, when things were going, uh, when back passes were going back to Simon, it, there was a sort of like a real anxiety around the place. And I think looking from the outside in, you know, I I might be wrong about this, but there does look to be an anxiety about his game as well, just because. Some of his positions just a, a little bit out, you know, he's a little bit too advanced sometimes beyond his post when when he's facing shots on an angle. Like so about he, starting positions for crosses, he looks a little deep, so it just makes himself things a little bit more difficult for himself when when balls come in the box. He's not giving himself the best opportunity. And like you said, you just said about the, the technical aspect of his game, you know, it's, it just seems to be like, it seems to be really tightened. I think that's it's a it's a problem for obviously for. Not just Simon, but address are addressing also Adrian Tucker as well. It's 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 about getting, it's not just about working on the pitch with people and trying to adjust the game on the pitch and on the training pitch. It's about trying to get them in the right frame of mind psychologically, and and, and, that, and that's a, it's a big ask for some players when when you, you know you, when someone like Jason's coming to the club and you know I mean he's not a boy, but I mean he's not had a great start to his, to his, his career, and it's you're sort of starting with a not lucky three there, sort of in the red a little bit. And you've got to try and claw your way back to 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 get somewhere with the fans as well, because you've got to make up to them. Because the first impressions weren't good. And I think, especially somewhere like Sunderland, you know, you know, we 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 can be the best fans in the world. Sometimes, but I mean, we're very harsh critics, and it, it is a tough place to play if you're not doing well. And I think you've got to have, you've got to have a strong character to. Uh, not just to do well here, but you know to recover from from bad starts. And I think he, you know if, he, if he's got to do anything now, he's got to really really dig deep, sort of um, and, and sort of pull himself back to to where he, he knows he can perform now and where he has performed when he's been He's been a blackbird.
4: So quickly before we finish, in one word answer. Your manager of Sunderland, who starts for you in goal against Brentford at the weekend? One word.
5: Well, I'd, I'd have to, I'd, from from that's not saying, one word. Like, that's cheating, right
3: there.
5: <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, just to elaborate on that. Like you know, I, I mean, I know that I've spoke to people back in uh, sort of uh, specialising Dutch football, and it, Robin was very highly thought of as well. And you've got to think that you know that when he came into the side, he was getting a chance. Was it Barnsley came in?
4: Before that, I think. I think it was yeah, it might have been a game before that. I well, when
5: he when he came in, I thought, well, the fact that he, you know he's come off that injury and uh, the battle injury of last season, and he had not played a lot of football, you know, I think if you're putting somebody in, you can't just can't just go for one or two or a couple of games. You know, you've got to give him a chance to to get back in there at least five, six, seven games. I think that you know if you give him that, then I think in the long term he's going to he's going to end up being the, the better keeper of two for. For
2: it, for it wise men Say, Sun FM preview show. With Stradstone Jaguar Land Rover, Hot and Lispering. Take a test drive at their Doxford Business Park temporary home.
3: Okay, thanks to David and thanks to Billy there. Just quickly on the game then, Gareth. No, the guests um, have been
4: they've been very well worried, were not they? Because there was only two of us <laughs> again. And the They've They've made the show for us, of course they have, yeah. They've monopolised the time. We would have
3: have loved to have been regimented and said, right, 10 minutes there, chop, 10 minutes there, chop. But let's be honest, content is what's important. Content is king. And the less me and Gareth can talk, the better for
4: everybody involved. Totally agreed after four years.
3: Has your opinion changed? We came into the show, uh, into the studio before the show, and said, you know, questioned. You mentioned it earlier on about Grayson suggesting that McManaman and McGeady couldn't play on the same side, and we were saying maybe fight fire with fire, get on the front foot. After hearing Grayson say how much possession they had, after hearing Billy speak there, has your has your opinion changed on that at all?
4: Uh, not at all. I don't think there's any value in going there, approaching the game as though you know in court, to being too cautious. I think we need to get at them. We need to you know give the best, the better forward players that we've got the the platform to play, you know, you look at a, it's taking them
3: out of their comfort zone that absolutely. as well, isn't
4: it? You know, ex- absolutely, and that's what you got to do. You know, the 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 teams are relatively easy, will be evenly matched, regardless of individ, individuals. That that tends to be the case in the championships we've seen. Um, so I think you know you get people like you know if someone like McManaman demands a ball, someone like McGeady demands a ball, and that's what we haven't had enough of people who demanding the ball. I think it'd be harsh in, in some respects on, on Honeyman to drop him but I would. I'd have um grabbing back in along with uh what more just in behind and then ideally I would have had Williams with Ndong but um you know if if Williams got a hamstring problem, maybe you don't want him going in there being all action. Um so it might just be a case of Captain and in and Dong in there and obviously Corney will come back in for Jones and I'd probably keep the full backs the same and I would change the goalkeeper I've I've him in because I think like David says, over time, give him the opportunity, I think. He just looks a better bet. Um, I don't think you know Jason Sale's got too much change left in the bank, in my opinion.
3: OK, we'll finish by saying I think we'll win the game, <laughs> if I'm being I honest. we do. Do you know, and, and I'll just give a quick um, description on why I think that. And that is because Sunderland and, and Grayson, I think, is the um, architect in this very much have struggled to take the game to opposition. We, we The opposition, we, we keep mentioning how we have better players. These teams are being rubbish. But Grayson's style as, as a manager is clearly one that's used to maybe being the underdog in a game and the side who's got to hit teams on the counter-attack. I think this division, is suited with the players we've got and with the stature we've got as a club, is suited to a Sunderland side who can go and control the game. Now, we can't do that against other sides. We're struggling to do it. So in a game against <coughs> Brentford when they're going to have a lot of the ball maybe it's more suited to us where it forces our hand a little bit where we can play on the counter-attack because I think he would want to play on the counter-attack in most games and we don't have the players for it We should be on the front foot in most games so similar to the Norwich result, uh, Norwich fixture
4: well, Similar to the Norwich result it would be brilliant wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah well
3: I think we will I think we will for that reason I think we because we've got better players than Brentford so I think if we let them have the ball we, we'll have the players to hurt them on the counter-attack
4: Is that us finished then is this? Yeah I'm not, you're not like a guest where I have to like cut you off you can sit do your whole thanks for listening and we'll be back on Monday and all of that you just... actually tune into the um, Sunday Facebook Live tomorrow I'm going to be doing the, the Facebook Live with Richard Meneer and uh, Phil Smith tomorrow morning 10 o'clock so if you like this here if you like boring voices <laughs> mixed with ugly faces I'm your man
3: <laughs> thanks for listening
2: wise men say sun fm preview show with stradstone jaguar land rover houghton lispring take a test drive at their doxford business park temporary home